0: of the missionary nature of the church, we begin to see that each and every person individually is a called defense missionary person.
1: Well, welcome back to the Living Scent Podcast. I am so glad that you are tuning in. On today's episode, we are talking about three paradigm shifts for your church. Today's episode is a special episode because it is the first interview we've had on this podcast, and I am pumped to have interviewed my friend, Brad Briscoe, about our topic today. Before we get into the interview, I want to say a huge thank you to those who have been listening and sharing this podcast. If you haven't done so already, It would mean the world to me if you went to... Uh, wherever you listen to this podcast and rated and reviewed this podcast. And I would also love to hear from you. Maybe after listening to today's interview, you have a question or you'd like to send me your feedback or you have a thought or you've been reading some uh, books or resources that go along with something we're talking about. I would welcome all of that. The way you would go about doing that is by visiting my website at justinwestor.com and navigating to the Connect tab, the connect tab. You can send me a message there and who knows, maybe I'll even read some of those questions and answer some of those questions on future episodes. As always, I'll make today's show notes available for free at my website. Once there, just navigate to the podcast tab and you can download the show notes there as well as a transcript from today's interview. As I mentioned before, Brad Briscoe is my guest today. And if you don't know Brad, you are missing out. He currently works at the North American Mission Board as the director of bivocational church planning. He holds a doctorate degree in missional ecclesiology. Yeah, listen to that, missional ecclesiology. And he is an author. He's written a number of books in the areas of missional living and church planting. And I will link to some of those books in the show notes. If you're interested in hearing more from Brad, Brad has also graciously written the foreword to my upcoming book, Living Scent. This book is going to be all about discovering how these everyday habits that we've been talking about can actually make an eternal difference. And it's going to be available this fall, and I am so excited for it to be available to you and this podcast community. So be on the lookout for that. This interview you're about to hear took place while I was completing my doctor of ministry degree, and I'll tell you that the audio is not the best, uh, but, but I have boosted the audio as much as I can, uh, but if you're listening and you still miss something, again, I'm making the transcription available to you on my website. Just go there and you can find it there. Well, I am so pumped for you to hear what Brad has to say because it perfectly aligns with the purpose of this podcast, which is to equip you to live as a sent one of God within your household, within your neighborhood, marketplace, in your city. These ideas are huge ideas, and I hope you will take the time to listen to the whole thing, to really dig in, and to reflect on the three paradigm shifts for your church today. Here's the interview. What aspects of identity do you believe are central and foundational to the nature of the Church?
0: Yeah, uh, man, that's an easy (laughs) question for me. uh, It has to do with the missionary nature of the Church. I mean, I just think that lays the foundation for everything else. I mean, uh, all the other paradigm shifts, all the other changes, all the different ways we can just think of the Church in the West. I just
1: Yeah. So how does that, in your opinion, begin to, to change things for people? I know now you're working uh, at North American Mission Board. You're doing a lot of vocational church planning yeah. uh, and training
0: people well, who are, are yeah, in changes, the field. Yeah, it changes everything. It changes everything. So two overarching ways, is, I think it's a paradigm shift both for the individual but then also it's a paradigm shift for the collective body of Christ. But mm-hmm. so in other words, when we recapture the
1: That's good. What about on the flip side? I mean, I think you've got a unique perspective there, training and, and coaching some of these, you know, current and future uh, church planners. Like, what sort of false beliefs about identity do you think are most destructive, or do you find most challenging where, you, where you're at right now?
0: Oh, that, that church is is, uh, is only a Sunday morning gathering, um, or church is a for. for have to do with I mean for church planters it probably has to do with the to do Sunday Centrix mm-hmm. and I'm not anti gathering whatsoever.
1: So how do you uh, currently help help train others to uh, rethink what you just mentioned or uh, embrace and apply that, that missionary identity right. to, to themselves first and foremost, and then also to, to what they're trying to lead and what they're trying to do? Well, first, in most cases, if
0: I had the opportunity, it's just to spend some time talking about the Paradise chest and trying to... just trying to spend some time like i said just kind of introducing the idea that we may actually need to unlearn it mm-hmm. and usually if we have time to really kind of lay that out and and and, and in a very you know gracious way just i mean 99 percent of the time people go yeah something's not quite right you know? right yeah um and there's different ways to go at it i mean or the church, but sometimes you can go at it. They just wonder if this whole kind of initial conversation might have an answer. Mm So that's kind of, they kind of enter into the conversation.
1: Huh. yeah well as you're as you're coaching and training uh you know in your in your ministry context now what are some of the things that you look for to try to measure if people are starting to rethink uh some of the things that you mentioned like what are what are the things that you try to either hear or see and you say okay now i understand they're they're starting to pick up maybe just a tad bit of what i'm talking about well some of the was.
0: Mm-hmm. uh so just people are just they're just uncomfortable just doing the same thing
1: Well, I'd like to uh, go ahead and shift into presence a little bit. Um, I'm trying to keep you at 10 minutes per uh, little uh, word here. So presence, um, I'm referring to it and understanding it through a lens of how local churches relate to their immediate context. So every church is, you know, obviously— this is kind of a dust statement is situated in their, their culture. They have a a unique perspective about their culture. Some have even developed practices on how to engage their culture. And some will even go as far as saying, Oh, this is our mode of presence, you know, or mode of engagement. This is, uh, we're a traditional church. We're an attractional church or hybrid, organic, whatever uh, they say. But what aspect of presence has been most paradigm shifting for discipleship in, in your ministry context?
0: Yeah. So, uh, a couple things I'd say. One, it's my initial thought, let kind of unpack there, um, and then I want to get to answer your question, but I think the first thing that's helpful to recognize, because most people today, unfortunately, they don't live in their church context. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a lot of kind of regional churches that might drive 10 minutes, they might drive 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. to the place where their church meets. Well, because of that, I think we, we actually have to do kind of context work
1: Well, uh, uh kind of similar to the identity questions you know is, is there a, a false belief about presence that you find is just most prevalent uh, and, and or most challenging to discipleship I mean you know well, if I just don't think we
0: get it I mean I don't think uh, we even think about it or reflect on it so it's almost like not even on our radar and gotcha. part of it is, again is I don't think we've allowed these carnationists like it Jesus truly inform our, our process of that, we distance ourselves from sinners. We distance ourselves from sinners. We distance ourselves from and, and I shouldn't say sin, but sinners. I mean, we we think we should keep, you know, a distance from the world. Uh, and that's the reason we get away with that is because we haven't allowed the incarnation. We haven't really allowed to be
1: Good. Well, let's go ahead and move into praxis. Um, I, I, I see presence, at, I mean, just naturally leading into praxis, like in my mind. And so I want to ask questions about presence, but it's like, okay, I'm already in the praxis category here. Um, but um, what do you think, and this is kind of a two sided question, what do you think are some of the most powerful expressions of praxis for believers? Number one. Uh, in your ministry context. And then number two, not yet believers. Like, if you could think through their mindset for a second, like, what would they say or what have they said uh, have been some of the most powerful expressions of the church being the church? Does that make That's sense? a good question. I guess I would, you know, initially I'd probably try to frame it,
0: again, individually, collectively. Individually, it's just, you know, it's, it's having friends doing like a lot of people so they could mean that we actually Not a lot. Um, There should be. I mean, it ought to just be. But you know, we all see different stories, and if I had time.
1: Yeah. I'm just curious, are, are there things, you know, from a praxis standpoint that maybe the church collectively needs to stop doing? In your opinion, and if so, what are some of those things to make way for some of these other uh, expressions of the church being the church?
0: Well, I mean, practically speaking, I, I would say one of the things we need to stop doing is so much stuff for ourselves. Hmm. Uh, I mean, they're, they're I, I don't know, I mean, that's, that's kind of a silly answer, but I say I think of uh, this years ago, but I caught this thing after the. Yeah. And then eventually they'd come around to go, no, okay, not really. Yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, there may be some things, but otherwise, yeah, I don't know. Just, um, I guess it would just be things that, you know, we probably need to have a longer term instead of just like the one shot, hey, let's do this and feel better about ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to do this outreach event on this Saturday and then you know, next year we'll do it again.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I feel like you've already answered this, but I just like asking the same question a couple different ways. But um, what are some of the indicators that you look for uh, when people begin to rethink praxis and also act upon it? Like are there things that you are looking for specifically uh, that would say, okay, man, I think, I think they're starting to rethink some things or unlearn and relearn like you mentioned earlier? Yeah. Mm-hmm. different things that we,
0: different things to count and measure. Um, so, I mean, there really, there's just a whole bunch of different things. I don't know that I, I mean, these are be the these are things I would look for. I don't know that I do look for these, because in most cases, um, I mean, I work with planters or, or, or existing congregations that are trying to make shift. Uh, you know, I, I may not, like, walk along with them over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. but but we do talk about scorecards I think scorecards have been enormous because uh, if we really want to make changes then we need to start counting and measuring so, uh, so, so yeah I mean different indicators uh, could be count- well so I, I'll usually frame counting and measuring even though we Yeah. It does, yeah. Um, That's
1: good.
0: So, so yeah, I I just think scorecard, you know, measurements, metrics uh, have to be a part of this whole conversation. We have to start counting here. Because right now,
1: Wow, a huge thanks to Brad and his time. Just a reminder, if you'd like to continue the conversation with a friend or maybe someone at your work or a few people at your church, you can download the show notes and the transcribed interview for free on my website at Justinwester.com. Simply navigate to the podcast tab and they are yours. That's all the time we have for today. Remember, you don't have to live sent, you get to. See you next time.